Hello, hello, and welcome back to the madness. How do you like that one? I don't know. Sometimes I try things on for size, you know, a little catchphrase here, a little something, something there. This episode is going to be mad though. So welcome to one of the more kind of mystical, fantastical, let's explore something, get a little bit weird, put a tinfoil hat on today type of episode. I'm really, really excited to have back on a special guest, Jenny from the Red Room podcast. You probably heard her beautiful Irish voice a couple of months ago when she came on and we talked about Nixium, or I guess Nexium. You know me. I just, you know, it's the speech therapy I had ever since I was a kid. Certain words, I cannot pronounce them. And I actually went over on her podcast on Red Room and we did blind items on billionaires. So, you know, the Zuckerberg, the Bezos, the Musk, <laughs> the Musk of everything. And that was really fun. And I wanted to have her back this week to talk about the ocean. Don't leave. I swear it's interesting. It's not like National Geographic Ocean. It's more ancient aliens ocean. So you probably know that I do love to dabble in a little bit of a conspiracy theory or even just a fun theory because I think that some quote unquote conspiracy theories like giants or mermaids or even PR relationships, right? Those aren't conspiracy theories because they're not conspiratorial. They don't have any type of malicious intent behind them. I guess the most malicious way that a PR relationship could go is they're trying to get you to buy tickets to a movie or something like that. But fluently forward, I guess, you know, the fluently part of it maybe would be the celebrities and then the forward part of it would be the conspiracies. Who knows? All I know is that we're going to start kind of looping in some of these more because you guys seem to like these episodes. God knows I love a good conspiracy theory. So as always, there are going to be timestamps in the show notes of this and over on Instagram because I pitched Jenny on this idea. I was like, I want you to come on and I want us to do conspiracy theories on the ocean. And as I started outlining stuff for this episode, I realized that there's about like a million and a half conspiracy theories about the ocean. You've got the Bermuda Triangle, you've got Antarctica, you've got like flat earth and hollow earth in there. You've also got um, mermaids, Atlantis, all of this incredible stuff that could be episodes of their own. So what we're focusing on this week is the idea of aliens living in the ocean, that part sounds crazy, and UFOs being in the ocean. And that part's real, and the government has recently been declassifying documents talking about USOs, unidentified submerged objects. So Jenny and I talk about a host of things in here. Once again, feel free to check out the timestamps. We talk about kind of our fear of the ocean, why people have certain phobias of things in the ocean. We talk about the Mariana Trench and just how deep it goes. We talk about who's been to the bottom of the ocean. We talk about governments, both the U.S. and Russian, declassifying information, talking about the Lake Baikal incident, stories of aliens in the water, stories from U.S. Navy, folks on Navy ships and fighter pilots talking about UFOs that they've seen. We dive into Antarctica and the treaty around it. And then, of course, your girl, Ghislaine Maxwell. She does pop up in here because, wouldn't you know it, Ghislaine Maxwell had this weird obsession with the ocean and a nonprofit that she created around it and all of these master plans that she had. So we're going to get all into it. And without further ado, the lovely Jenny from the Red Room podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Fluently Forward. I'm so excited to have Jenny on from Red Room for a second time to talk more about conspiracy theories oh and all the fantastical. So 
for anyone who didn't listen to, I think it was our Nixium episode or the episode you did that I came on where we did billionaire blind items. Give a little bit of a description of like what Red Room is. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me back. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved our chat last time. And people still always talk to me about that episode. They're like, I love that. <laughs> and the blind items of billionaires. So Red Room uh, is my podcast. And I just, the easiest way I can describe it to people now, I've kind of got my sentence down, is just, yes. it's a weekly rabbit hole. I love to go down a good rabbit hole. And it can be anything from like celebrity conspiracies to... To, like I've started to do this series on kind of old American money families like the DuPonts and the Rockefellers and kind of going down the rabbit holes, exploring some of the conspiracies, also kind of exposing some of like the lies or like rumors mm-hmm. that have been uh, exposed around it too. So it's really interesting. I, I just, it's, it's exactly that. It's just like whatever rabbit hole catches my fancy that week, I go down it and I talk to myself for an hour or sometimes with guests when I'm lucky <laughs> but it's usually by myself <laughs> and your rabbit holes are incredible because you come up with concepts for both on the patreon and then also the main the concepts that you want to learn about is exactly what I've thought about you were talking about the tumblr generation and people who are kind of chronically online and what that means you were talking about caller mommy and like mm. online porn and things like that so you just kind of go over all of these things that I've pondered in my head and I've wanted someone to do a rabbit hole deep dive on. It's really cool. Well, that's great to hear because that's basically why I started it, you know, because I yeah. think there's there's so many interests that I have, like these little rabbit holes. And, you know, I've also started a series where I like talk about some of the weirdest posts on Reddit. And yes. a lot of my friends aren't that into Reddit or aren't chronically online or yeah. aren't into conspiracy. So I was like, I need to put this out here so I can talk to people who are into it too because there's no greater feeling it's like when you have like a tv show and you find someone else who watches it it might be a bit obscure and you can talk about mm-hmm. your theories with each other when you find someone else who's into conspiracy or who's into whatever the hell else I'm thinking of if someone else has a, like an interest in it or a theory I'm like all ears I need to hear so that's yes. where like you know I, I'm really into it like I've got a discord with my um with my podcast too and like we're always just typing away about the different theories of stuff that we've come up with so it's it's great fun it's so fun I I know what you mean it's so fun meeting people who are into conspiracy theories I've been going to a lot of weddings this summer as a guest of my boyfriend and I guess he's kind of told his friends a little bit about what I do with the podcast but people kind of know me as the conspiracy theory (laughs) girl but I wouldn't want to be known as anything else because then a couple drinks in at the wedding sweet Caroline is playing (laughs) and one of his friends come up to me and he's like I know you talk about pedophiles on the podcast. This song was written about an 11-year-old girl. And then another friend comes up and he's like, have you heard about this Mars thing? And I'm like, this is all I'd want to talk about anyway. So I it kind of skips the bullshit and gets to the fun stuff. I love that you embrace, you know, I, I always <laughs> say I embrace my tinfoil hat. And yes. I, I also have a theory that like, no matter how much people are like, I don't like conspiracy theories. I'm like, there's something that you like, you know? So I, I like to get people yes. on as well. Like some of my friends who maybe like, Outwardly, you wouldn't think have any interest in any of this stuff, but, you know, I'll start talking to them. Like, I had my friend James on recently, and, like, he's never someone you would think would be into conspiracy, but he loves Princess Diana. So I was like, Mm. we're having that conversation. And he knew so much. I was, like, exposing his ass. I was like, you know so much. (laughs) Like, if you believe every conspiracy theory, you're a sucker. But if you don't believe any at all, you're a fucking idiot. You know, like, you truly think that the government, like, it's been proven 
so many times throughout history that the government has lied. And there's still people walking around today going, but I'm sure they're fine now. And it's just like, get your head out of your ass. Like, I think you're stupid if you don't believe in any. Well, I mean, it's two sides of the same coin. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's like you're just on the other side where you believe what you completely trust, like the government or the official story that's been told you or, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then when you look at like the amount of things that people would consider to be uh, a conspiracy before it was exposed to be truth, like something like MK Ultra, like if before that was exposed, someone said to you, do you know, like the, the government experimented on people's minds with hallucinogenics and mm-hmm. people would be like, you sound insane, but it it's literally true there's people who've come out it's like it's not even a it's not a theory anymore it's a genuine conspiracy so i think yes. you always have to question um and my thing is like on the podcast as well like i i, I make it very explicit when i'm talking factual and when i'm like entertaining <laughs> or flirting yes. with the conspiracy theory because you do have to be careful with that you know you can't you have to like make sure to, to draw the line because otherwise yeah. I, you know i don't want to be the next cue out here <laughs> yeah well that's the thing i'll spread shit that isn't true like i find the idea of flat earth so fun like I don't believe it I do think that the earth is round although I will say I was looking up have you seen those TikTok videos where they're like I was today years old when I found out that the earth isn't perfectly round like it's a little bit misshapen no Um, just mass wise yeah so like they've done studies and it's a little bit like misshapen in these videos so it's not a perfect circle But then you go to NASA and you look at photos of the Earth from space and I'm like, that's a perfect fucking circle. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, that's also weird because there's no way nothing man-made is ever perfect. You know what I mean? Like the rings in a tree or the veins on a leaf. It's always a little bit asymmetrical. Makes me feel better about my face. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm like, it is weird then that it's like a perfect... Anyway, no, I'm so I believe it. that the earth is round, but will I look at photos of people depicting it being flat and the ice wall? And I'm like, yeah, of course I'll go down that rabbit hole. It's fun. Yeah, it's I, fun. I think so too. I think you can always you can flirt with a conspiracy theory without being radicalized. And you I just think can't it's, marry it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's your side bitch. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, you can just have a bit of fun, but like, or like your office, like a little romance that you like in the office, but like, you know, you're not going to pursue it. You're not going to shit where you eat. So just a little work flirt. <laughs> so today yeah, exactly. we're flirting with the ocean. And when I first reached out to you, I was like, let's do some ocean conspiracy theories Then when I started putting together the outline for the show, I was like, okay, we have mermaids, Atlantis, the Bermuda Triangle, Antarctica. I was like, actually, I don't know. I had such a big head. Of course, you can't do that in an hour. There's so much. So I was thinking we could talk about this theory that aliens are living in the ocean and that UFOs are most likely USOs, which are unidentified submerged objects going underwater and flying in the air. And we'll talk about, you know, the flirty parts of it, mm-hmm. but also how the government has admitted to this recently. So mm-hmm. before we get into it, what have you heard about these USOs and aliens being in water? I mean, so much, first of all. I, you know, obviously I run a, a conspiracy uh, <laughs> podcast. So I unfortunately, like, I find myself in these conversations a lot. Like you're saying about being at wed, like being a wedding guest. Yeah. I, I find sometimes like I have to bite my tongue a lot because I'll be in a very <laughs> casual conversation and someone will bring up something very lightly about something and I'm like, okay, am I going to open that can of worms? But also, like, my personality type finds it really hard to, like, hear someone, like, relay the official version of events without having, like, 
any form of like, well, did you know in 1962? And then I'm like, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. My boyfriend's boy embarrassed. It's always 1962, by the always, way. Always, always, always. Something about that year. I know. Um, but when it comes to USOs, so I didn't, I've watched so many documentaries on like UFOs, all that kind of stuff. Obviously it's my bread and butter. Um, and I'm always down to watch a new theory. And mm. I watched a couple over the last year that really went into the whole USO thing. And it was nothing that I had ever really heard of before, but it was one of those theories that like the more I thought about it, the more it started to make sense to me and like yes. click into place. And I was just, my mind was blown open. I also, you know, you mentioned Atlantis earlier. I did an episode on the pod about Atlantis with Megan. I know you've had her on your podcast, fellow Irish girl. Love her. <laughs> She's Love great. Her. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Atlantis and how when you look at what Plato wrote about Atlantis, it was always that they were these like higher adapted beings that they had like really high technology that even like their like ethics and their laws were like way far surpassing what even like Plato had at his time and it was you know thousands of years before him so there's always this link between the extraterrestrial or the unknown with the ocean and I think that's what I've always been so interested in and why I was so excited to do this topic because you know, when you look across cultures, there are so many like myths and legends around like these beasts living in the sea. And mm -hmm. when you look at it from the perspective of possibly being extraterrestrial or alien species, it starts to get a little bit spooky because the consistencies are hard to ignore, right? Yeah. And I think about that all the time. All of these ancient civilizations and cultures, anything that existed before the internet, where basically someone in Brazil could not relay information to someone in China unless it took like a matter of years, you know, sometimes even before ships. And you go through different drawings and writings and all of these people all across the world on their own are describing creatures that look like dragons sometimes, fire-breathing creatures like these lizards. And they're also describing civilizations like mm -hmm. they came from the water or and they had this or we knew that they existed. And I'm like, what are the odds that like, you know, all of these nine civilizations back in the day without speaking to each other were writing about the same stuff and what it was just all fake like they all happened to do it for fun like yeah. you kind of have to like look into it there must have been something there well like also what's really strange and I was only talking to my boyfriend about this recently and uh, we were I went through a big like phase of like really being into the pyramids dark time <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like I was it was all I could talk about I'm, as you can tell I'm, I'm a joy to live with um <laughs> but like it, you know, when you start looking at something like the pyramids, it, it's really hard to contextualize how long ago that was. And I think that, you know, um, even though I love history, I studied classics, you know, it, it's very hard to actually realize that like even the likes of Plato, like that was thousands of years after the pyramids. So we think yeah. we tend to think of ancient civilizations as this one homogenous kind of time frame. But they like the Egyptians would have been ancient to them. You know, what when we think of building the pyramids, obviously the Egyptian, like, uh, you know, that went on for years after. But, you know, there's so many different lines. And even, like, in uh, Ireland, you know, we have a, a monument here called Newgrange, and it's older than the pyramids. And that's, it's really bizarre to start thinking of that. And then when you think of all the stories, so these stories have lasted thousands of years and when there's consistencies and allegedly none of these civilizations would have spoken to each other 
Mm-hmm. Specifically, when you look at like Ireland, or um, I know there's a lot of like Aboriginal drawings. I think they're the oldest cave drawings ever. Like they would have had zero contact contact with Egypt or you yeah. know with Greece. So why are there consistencies with what they're drawing? Like there's those uh, cave drawings from Aboriginals, which is like looks like little men in rockets, like. It's hard to ignore when you really look at them. But it is one of those things that when you bring it up at a wedding, you do seem insane. So yes, I know. <laughs> you have to wait until people have had like at least four drinks and then you're like fun. I but know. If, it's, you, if people are sober, then you're crazy. You take a breath and you look around at the table and they're all just like, you're like, oh, okay, there's no uh, backpedaling now. Yeah, we're going to go dance now. We're going to go hit the dance floor. Bye. <laughs> and we'll we'll get into this too because um, those drawings of what looks like people in rockets or people wearing helmets, that does come up with USOs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just some general facts about the ocean before we go into this. Because the ocean in general, it's just such a beast. And I think there's a reason people are drawn to it. The same way that we're drawn to space because, you know, there's this common theory that we've only explored 5% of the ocean. I will say, I think that stat is incorrect. Most reports now say that we've explored 10 to 20% of the ocean. But still, we do know more about the surface of the moon and Mars than we do about the surface of the ocean floor. And that's, I've always just wondered, it's on our damn planet. Like, what Mm -hmm. are we doing? Yeah, I mean, so, it's just, it's mind-blowing to think that, like, we can send someone in, to, like, send them to the moon, but, like, to the depths of the ocean, allegedly, we can't. I just don't know yeah, whether I buy it or pressure. not. Then it makes me question the moon. I was watching this whole TikTok video <laughs> where, and this is what people at Straight Up NASA say. I'll have to do an episode on this once. They say, we'd love to go, this is a direct quote, we'd love to go to the moon again, but sadly that technology doesn't exist anymore. Apparently they've lost the mathematical equation. Did you hear that? So like that's what that's what they say. They're like, and we just we just can't do it. But wow, what a good what a good thing that we did it back then. I'm I just, like, that never are, ever makes sense to me. I'm like, how are you no. able to send these like, you know, other spaceships off to Mars? And I mean, you're able to drone bomb another country, but what you can't send a little, little rocket up to the moon? I thought we were supposed to have a hotel there by now. That's what I thought when I was younger. I heard we were having hotels up there. (laughs) It just strikes me as crazy. Like, I really think stuff goes on in our society where I feel like any normal person on the street, if you heard that quote from NASA, you'd be like, well, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like, that's that's just a natural, logical conclusion. But you say that and you're deemed the crazy person. I'm like, no, I think it's weird that NASA is saying that we had better technology you know, decades and decades ago than we do now. We just know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. We've explored about 10 to 20% of the ocean. There are a lot of people who believe that our maps of the ocean floor are really important for warfare, for submarine divisions. So there is a chance that maybe we know a lot more about the ocean, but they're just never going to release it to the general public or admit that they know as much, which I could completely see. Yeah. Now, a big reason why they say that they haven't explored a lot of this is because the depths of the ocean are so massive. So obviously, you know, you know about the Mariana Trench, deepest part of the ocean and the Pacific. People have gone down there. A few different people have gone down there. What's interesting is that they have reportedly found plastic bags and candy wrappers at the bottom of the trench. To me, that that seems like a PR move. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems fake. 
yeah. like the but this I have to say like when we started talking about doing this topic you know I said to you I was like I've always had this weird like fear of the ocean and I remember when it started so I remember I was in um uh, I think it was like second year in secondary school so I would have been like what 14 or so and I was in geography class and our geography teacher said to us like really casually she was like oh and then there's this thing called the mid-atlantic ridge which is a mountain range in the middle of the atlantic ocean and you know the smallest mountain would be smaller that would be uh, larger than Everest and I remember everyone else has been like and I was like horrified I was like like, dread it exactly it gave me this feeling like the most uneasy feeling ever and then I remember I it was brought back up again maybe I don't even know the year this came out but whatever year Finding Nemo came out there's like that scene you're you're shaking you're like I'll never see that horror movie (laughs) I'm like I needed a trigger warning okay it might have been 2004 or whatever but I needed one but it was like there was a scene in it where like Dory and Nemo are like swimming and then like there's this big drop of a cliff and yes it sends chills down my spine the thoughts that there are meant that should be illegal information I'm like please keep that under wraps like (laughs) I need that classified yeah have you heard of thassophobia or whatever I've heard of that and I also have this other fear that has spawned from that very (laughs) traumatic moment. It's called submechanophobia. Do you know what that is? Is that of um, seeing animatronics in the water? It's the fear of man-made objects submerged under deep bodies of water and it, I can't even Google it. Like I genuinely, if you Google it, like the images there, that is like, if Saw found me, they would be like taping my eyes open and making me watch pictures of like, there's this huge Jesus sculpture under the water. Like even thinking of it, it, yeah. it genuinely troubles me so much. And yeah, I think like that came into it as well when I saw, you remember in Titanic when James Cameron, who I the know, ship, yes. went down as well. He went down and when they started to see the Titanic, like it, it honestly yeah, you haunts get me. scared of that stuff. James Cameron gets like bricked up when anything <laughs> sinks. He's like, let's go down there. <laughs> you know, he's like, I want to poke around. But I have the same fear as you. Tons of people do. There's this subreddit, and sometimes to give myself heebie-jeebies, I'll look at the photos. I truly think we don't belong in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I don't even like being on boats. I just think it's not meant for us. We can't survive in it. We shouldn't be funking with it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm a hypocrite because I want people to research it. I'll post some of those photos on Instagram with a cover slide so it doesn't trigger you, yeah. but <laughs> we can see if other people have this phobia. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting where phobias come from. Have you heard of um, trypophobia or trypophobia? Shannon, I'm not joking. That's in my notes here. I literally have the exact same fucking note as you were saying. Like, I swear I have tripopophobia and Mm -hmm. how it's like basically, uh, if anyone doesn't know, it's like the fear of like small clusters of holes. And apparently it goes back to like dangerous. It's disgusting. Like so gross. Like I'm not so much. I don't so much hate the like honeycomb. I know some people have it of honeycomb, but I hate like like tadpole kind of things like eggs like, the idea of eggs or when I cut open a bell pepper and all the seeds are in there I can't look at it no, like my disgusting. skin's starting to like tingle just thinking about yeah, it yeah no it's real I remember I saw <laughs> an image when I was kind of probably unsupervised online when I was younger <laughs> and it was like it actually still haunts me and I'm I'm like 32 years old so this was probably about 16 years ago if not longer I can't really do the maths I'm not great at it but it was a long time ago no actually it's probably nearly 20 years ago now that I 
think about it, I'm like, how old am I again? And it was like a nipple. And like, you know, like the pores of a nipple, it had eyeballs yes. in it. Did you see that back in the day? It was so disgusting. And I can, no, it, it haunts me. It's like singed in my memory, my frontal lobe. If I look at my own nipple and things <laughs> no, around it, I'll be like, get that shit away from me. Put a bra on now. I know. I'm like, double mastectomy. But like you said. <laughs> But it's like you said, like that comes from an evolutionary thing. So exactly. being afraid of the water, it just doesn't make sense, right? Like even if you're, I don't know, even if I see pictures of space, I couldn't exist in space. I couldn't live in it, but mm-hmm. I don't have a phobia of it. I love those photos. Exactly. So it's just interesting to think at the end of the day, I think intuition is powerful. I think your gut reaction, yeah. there's reasons for it, even if we don't consciously think of what they are. Well, like, I mean, haven't they like pretty much scientifically proven that generational trauma is real so and that Mm -hmm. you can have like trauma like literally in your cells from what has happened to you like I always say that Irish people have a lot of generational trauma from being colonized uh, being like one of the oldest colonies of the UK and that is why you know there's obviously like a a joke around Irish people drinking so much but really when you look at it that really comes down and is like ingrained in us from coping with being like a colony and a Mm -hmm. really really abused colony from the Brits fuck the Brits (laughs) JK Uh, but you know what I mean so like surely if those things can affect you like at a cellular level you know if you're looking at when myths and legends began which is thousands of years ago why do we have these myths like teaching us not to go into the forests or not to go into the oceans but we don't really have anything about like not looking to the stars if anything we looked to the stars and out to space for answers and it was always thought of as like a positive place so I had that note too where it's like you don't hear people with like a a strange fear of space you hear people with oceans though absolutely it's it's a creepy place well it's funny you mentioned that there's this rule in the bible that you can't draw what you see below the sea or above the sky so So this is exodus 24 it says you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, which too late. We already did that. You know what I mean? But but it's weird that there would be something like that in the Bible. It, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Not at all. Like, I mean, what they had no business in the oceans. You know, they no. didn't they didn't really seem to care. But it's again, when you look at the Bible and the history of that, it's usually like they're taking from other religions, other beliefs um, and like writing down things. And then they're repurposed as like something like Christianity. But, you know, when you look at a lot of religious texts, they all have similarities as well. And it's kind of more of a human experience, if anything, taught mm. through different maybe mediums. But, there, you know, it, again, it, again, it's like the, the similarities between myths and legends. When you look at the similarities everywhere, it's like surely humanity's trying to tell us something with that you know yeah yeah so there there's a lot of similarities too between the ocean and space I feel like people think of both of them also when you think of what's something that's alien it's something foreign from a different world that you couldn't exist in so technically like I think that you could qualify the ocean as like an alien world right like it's a bunch of things existing in it that we don't know what they are we can't exist down there we cannot survive in it I would classify it as a different world Mm because what's a world if not something that you live in and survive in so there was this theory going around and it was a rumor to be honest on TikTok but I mean how fun is it I want to flirt with it I'm going to spread it and it was basically (laughs) saying that 
NASA. Well, here's the quote from someone on Reddit, and it goes, I ran into a guy who works at the VR department in Facebook some weeks ago. I've never met anyone who works there, and I was very intrigued, so we talked a lot. We didn't just talk about Facebook. He was 100% convinced that one of the reasons NASA went to space is because they found something in the ocean that terrified them so much they wanted to get off the planet. He told me to Google it if I wanted to read more about it. And then this TikTok went crazy viral. There was a rumor saying that NASA started off as a company that was going to explore the ocean. They found something and they're so dangerous that they switched their brand or their motto and they said, actually, we're going to explore space because they wanted to get everyone the fuck off the planet after they saw it was in the ocean. I love it's a fun that rumor, yeah. but you know it's not true because NASA actually replaced another company that was exploring the atmosphere. And the whole point of NASA basically was to like own the Soviets during the Cold War mm. and compete with space technology and flaunt our dicks and say that we landed on the moon. Yeah, did we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All of that <laughs> stuff, but. It's very interesting that people believe it. And I just think, too, even with blind items, like, who believes what? I think it gives a good general pulse of the zeitgeist of what people are thinking. You know, like, if I do a blind item saying Cara Delevingne did coke, everyone believes it. Mm -hmm. If I say Emma Watson did, people go, blind items aren't real. And it's like, well, you're saying that because you have this preconceived notion of who Cara and who Emma are. So when people believe a rumor like this, it shows to me people don't really trust NASA and they Mm -hmm. think that both the ocean and space, there's some funky stuff going on. Yeah, well, it's like confirmation bias, right? It's like if you you are already don't really like someone or already think something about someone, if someone repeats something about that, you're way more likely to believe it and spread it, just like we do with our conspiracy theories. <laughs> but, you know, and I love that you say that as well. Like, it's a rumor, it's fun. Like, whenever I'm talking about conspiracy theories, someone will be like, did you hear of, like, blah, 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 blah? And they're like, no, where did you read that? And I'm like, pretty sure it was a Reddit comment, actually. <laughs> Probably not the best source. <laughs> But did I believe it? Absolutely, because it's like confirmation bias, you know. And you know, yes. but like it, it is. It's true, though. It's like the the it's the reflection of what people are willing to believe, because mm. deep down they are skeptical. And you know, what are NASA doing? What are all those people doing that big building? Like we don't know. Like surely, for the amount of money that they're they're uh, they're not is, going to the fucking moon. I know. I thought they'd be <laughs> back and forth, like. I remember when I was younger, my dad literally told me there was going to be a hotel on the moon and I've never recovered. He was like, we'll be going on holidays there. And I was like, amazing. Like, we don't even have a Concorde anymore. If anything, we're regressing. But also like, yeah, and people are like, let's go to Mars. It's like, but the moon's right there. Like, it's a lot closer. And apparently we already did it once. I know. And then have you heard of all those um, reports of people who've been on the moon saying that there's like, like there's camps on the dark side of the moon and that there's like all these structures on the dark side of the moon and I'm like so fucking horny right I now know. tell me more <laughs> and like I, I just love but like a lot of people have come back from the moon who like have been there or like flown around it should I say like not landing on it yeah. so obviously we've flown nearby saying that there's like army bases and massive structures on the dark side of the moon so you know, it is like, what's going on there? Why do we, why are we not allowed to go back? Like, what have they put there? That's what I want to know. Mm. Well, I, it gives me the same vibes of um, Antarctica, where it's like, ooh, here's some crazy thing, the moon Antarctica. Mm. Let's explore it. Okay, we went there. Nobody's allowed to go now. 
now it's secret. You that, can't come here without, you know, money or a warrant or if you're a researcher and we're just all going to agree that this place is off limits. And it's even like, then, what? I thought we were going to explore both I know. these places. It's like, but even then, aren't you only allowed like sail around it? Like you're not allowed actually get off. Like it's, you know, and it's like, what if this is just, especially the North Pole, we're not allowed to fly over it anymore? Like, well, no yeah, one and then flies then over go, it. It's because there's nothing there. And it's like, let me decide. Do you know what I mean? It's but, just so weird. Also, I'm, the treaty for Antarctica. Uh, no. What was it? 19, it was done in the 1950s, 1959. And this was before internet. So, like, it's pretty, to get every single country to, like, agree on this one treaty, it's got to be a pretty big fucking deal for it to be something. Mm-hmm. So, so many resources and time were developed for all of these countries just to sign a treaty for ice that nothing exists on? Why would you spend all of that money and time in the 1950s getting universal agreement from every single country just to say that it's ice and there's nothing there? It's like, but, you know, isn't like a large part, if not most of, I'm not sure, I could be wrong, someone can correct me, but like of the Sahara Desert also just nothing? We're yeah. like, well, we can fly over there. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So... I, I don't know, the, the whole Antarctica thing, it, it reeks of suspicion for my for my conspiratorial mind. I'm like, why am I not allowed to go there? Not that I would, like, I hate the cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> I would never want to, but I'm telling you, if they if they axe that that treaty, I would be strongly considering it. And I need get to see the paddle boat and I'd be like, I'm here. <laughs> Let's see 100%. what's going on. Definitely. Okay, well... So we were talking about, you know, all of these ideas of what is in the ocean, things like that. There was, you know, it was good news for conspiracy theorists everywhere because basically a couple years ago, and this happened at different rates for different countries, information started to be declassified admitting proof of USOs, which are unidentified submerged objects. And I don't know why everyone in the world wasn't like, we did it. We're finally talking about it. Obviously, when the US declassified it, it was during COVID. So I think everybody was a little bit preoccupied. But let's start with what happened in Russia. So basically, in 2009, the Russians declassified info that they had had uh, accounts of interactions with USOs. And Mm -hmm. my first question is, why does the government declassify stuff? I know. Uh, so have you ever heard of uh, Stephen Greer? No. Dr. Stephen Greer. Okay, well, you need to get into him because he'd be very interested. Now, some people do say that he's like a bit of a cowboy because he has this app that he seems to be selling um, through his documentaries. But his documentaries are amazing. There's one called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And he, oh, I've heard of the name of that. It's yeah. really, like, it is really, really crazy. Like, there's a lot of really crazy UFO footage in it, which is so interesting. But he claims that, like, his whole thing, he's worked with the government for years, or had done anyway. And his whole thing is basically that the government, like, no matter what government is going to start disclosing encounters uh, with aliens in order to like instill fear within us about alien species so Mm. that we will all be basically on board with some sort of like interstellar war sounds crazy but I think I've got the right audience for it so he's basically like there are a lot of like really good alien species out there and his theory is like when you look at the interactions that we have had the majority of them we have been the aggressors we are chasing them we are like trying to shoot them down and you know when you look at it uh, historically with like a lot of like UFO interactions a lot of people and this actually even goes back to the whole Antarctica thing so 
what's that guy called? Richard Breyer? Bri- Richard Bride. Bird, bird. So he claims that when he, he claims that he basically found this uh, ancient civilization when he went to the North Pole, I believe. And mm-hmm. he says that when he met the people there, they said that they began to be very afraid of humankind when the atomic bomb went off. Now, that is also repeated by so many people who claim to have like been like abducted or just so many stories of people saying that alien species really got interested in humankind when we detonated the atomic bomb. And Stephen Greer claims that this is because it's such amazing technology and we only harnessed it for evil. And his theory Mm. is that it then began like alien species to be afraid of us basically and thinking like that we are the volatile ones. And when you think of it that way, it's like, oh my God, yes. Because he kind of says that like, you know, so many of these alien species are living on these places where like, you know, there's no such thing as an economy. Like they're they're all these like higher level conscious beings. They're living in a very different like level of consciousness than we are. And we're like quite low on the totem pole in that. So that we're very unevolved in comparison to them, but we're very volatile and we're dangerous. So yeah, so that's his whole theory. And like, I kind of buy it. I'm like, because... The, the you know historically so many governments do that they try and make someone seem like the enemy so that we'll all back them in a war against them and it's yeah. what they've done for for like you know hundreds of years when you even look at like colonialism you know they think they call someone like a barbaric community of people so we have savages. to go in savages yeah, yeah. so that's why he, they're like and they're like the aliens are pedophiles with oil <laughs> and we're like oh, oh, let's get them <laughs> basically like yeah that's all they would really have to do they'd have to like harness that QAnon community and they would have (laughs) all the backing in the world (laughs) but But it's entirely true that mm. if they had the if they wanted to hurt us they could because when they talk about and we'll get into some of these government um recollections of what they've seen the technology is light years ahead of us they completely have the power to do whatever they want and there was also been stories of ufos sighting around nuclear facilities or where we have missiles and the ufo will be sighted i think there was a place in malibu where they had missiles and the ufo was hovering above it and they took all the missiles offline. Yeah. And like and they, they were all there was they were also like turning them off, turning them on, turning them off, yes. turning them on. So they were like toying with them, basically being like, look what we can do. Like yes. we can fuck with your uh technology really easily. We'll let you have it, but just it's just like it's like a poking the bear. It's just like, just so you know, we can come down here and shut this all down. And there's been loads of uh, accounts of that happening at missile centers where they've turned down like all of the technology all of the computers and then turned it back on turned it off turned it back on creepy like oh gives me the chill insane stuff but also i'm like so, maybe they're out here for the people you know maybe well, they're exactly because you know if they're uh turning missiles off you mm. know to me that's like an alien for peace mm. so another instance of um us being the aggressor with aliens there was this incident in lake baikal in russia um one of the siberian lakes and there were you know russians who were deep diving exploring the waters in the lake and they saw what they considered aliens when they were diving and they described it i'm trying to think of the year this was like way way back in the day it was in 1982 so seven military divers reported to have come across aliens in these waters and they said at a depth of 50 meters they met swimmers around three meters tall so like nine feet tall 
who were dressed in tight-fitting silvery suits. They did not have any scuba or any other devices, just helmets on their heads. So first of all, imagine that you're swimming and you see this being in a tight-fitting silvery suit, nine feet tall with a helmet on. That's already triggering my somaconophobia. It's silver. Like, oh, I would. I'm such a coward. I would kill myself immediately. <laughs> I'd rip out my scuba diving <laughs> thing and just be like, give me the bands. I don't care. I don't want to live in this world anymore. Like that. I used to also say like a huge, completely irrational fear of mine would be, again, who do I think I am? I'd be swimming in the ocean, like, I don't know, somewhere really remote. And like, I'd be like looking in the ocean, like, oh my God, it's so nice, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like, it'd be really dark underneath me. And it was a whale under underneath me and the whale would start to get closer and it's so big I can't get away it free like the thought actually and like whales are beautiful creatures don't get me wrong but do yeah. I also think they're kind of alien yeah like have you seen that movie whale rider I think it was no. like a New Zealand actress or something she rides the whale I'd be like no I no, no 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 no, with its slippery barnacles that like oh, live on it no like I can't but these people what are they three meters tall yeah, Horrific. and I guess the divers are obviously braver than us because they <laughs> came hope. to the surface, told everyone what happened, and they had an order to catch these swimmers that they were calling them. So seven men go down with nets to try to catch one of these swimmers, and when they approach it, you know, in this aggressive attacking way, this massive force blows them out of the water and they rise rapidly and they all get the bends and there's seven of them so they couldn't they didn't have decompression devices for all of them so um three people died from the bends and four of them they were able to bring back to life basically and they haven't spoken about the incident they said that they were too shaken up but a lot of people think that the russian government you know told them not to talk about it and what's really interesting about this is from the description of how they were describing these swimmers, which, by the way, like, what would be the reason that they were all blown to the surface at the same time? Yeah, you know, the, oh, yeah, they yeah, all yeah. decided to paddle as hard as they could. It just doesn't make any sense. But there's two weird things about them. One is the way that they describe it with the helmets on their head. We have ancient drawings of what looks like people with, you know, a helmet around their head. And some people were thinking, is this a helmet to go to outer space? But now it's like, what if it's a helmet to breathe underwater? Mm. So that's one thought, you know. And then the second, the suit that they had or, you know, was it a suit? They were just saying that it looked like they were wearing a gray, silverish, tight-fitting suit. Some people are thinking, are there aliens in the water that have evolved from dolphins the same way that we've evolved from monkeys, right? Because you have these certain animals that people describe as incredibly intelligent, very people-like, the way that they communicate, the way that they interact with each other, their hierarchies. And then what if there's an entire other species. I mean, I think this one's off the wall, but so fun that evolved from dolphins. And that's why mm. we call aliens the greys. And they're always described as these gray beings because maybe dolphin skin. Ah. Do, well, I think, I mean, look, dolphins are great and all, but there's something evil behind those eyes. I do think <laughs> like they are, they know, they know more than we think they, they do. I've just, there's something, there's a glint in their eye that I'm like, you're a psychopath. Like there's they something raped. in them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like yeah. what? And then I remember I was in SeaWorld once before they were cancelled. Okay, I was only 10. Um, don't cancel me. But I remember like there's all these like nicks on them, like all these like in their skin. And I remember the guy was yeah. like, oh, they like fully fight with each other and like cut each other open. I'm like, 
Like they come across like clapping my hands or my fins or whatever, but they're not. Like they're like fully raping each other and killing each other. Like okay, what the actual fuck, you psychos? I mean, um, they're just like us. I know they are, and like I feel like they also they're, embezzle. Wasn't there a cartoon? I can't know. This is so bad. I'm referencing something. I can't remember what it was. But wasn't there like? Was it in Rick and Morty or something like that where they actually showed like the dolphins like taking over the world, like they come out of the ocean and they're like, ah, they're, they're so evil. It was, or was it in like The Simpsons or something? It was something like that. And I remember yeah. being like, honestly, T, like that's probably going to happen. <laughs> it's like, it's always the ones you least expect. And we're always like, dolphins. Like when I was a kid in the 90s, like everyone was obsessed with dolphins. I'm like, yeah, it's probably a psyop to make us all like willing to, you know, beg, bow down to our overlords, our gray overlords, the dolphins. Totally do. <laughs> propaganda all the way everyone with the dolphin tramp stamp it's like yeah it worked on you (laughs) yeah 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 um have you heard of uh the incidents in brazil with usos no oh my god so crazy so i wrote this down this morning because i remembered it i watched it on a it was on a netflix documentary it's called like some sort of like declassified ufo thing you know Uh, Mm um really really good so in 1977 uh in this place called colaris island in brazil it's basically like very close to the like near the amazon so it's not like a very populated region i think it only has like two thousand people in it there was a fisherman going out to sea and but before he could board the ship and he was with a load of friends he basically looked across the ocean and there was like a bright white light beaming out of the ocean up to the sky and they were like what the fuck is that and then a huge like object hovered over the light which apparently would look like the top of an umbrella and Mm. the light and the umbrella seemed to like communicate with each other in some way and then it went on for like a couple of seconds and then it like shot out of the air and there's actually so many cases in Brazil and like a lot of people think if any country is going to start to to, uh, declassify anything about USOs it's going to be Brazil because they don't really have like a stake in the game as as you know like the US and Russia and like the rivalry and Wait, all that by kind the of way, stuff. Do you know how in YouTube comments with like pop stars everyone's come like to come to Brazil? <laughs> they did that with the aliens and they were like, all right, <laughs> yeah, the Brazil the aliens are like, hello, we're here. You told us to come. You wanted us to come. <laughs> so basically, apparently, over like the next few months, this happened every single day that a different object would come over this part of the ocean and communicate with this light, and they were all different shapes as well. Like some of them were like diamond shaped but they were like colossal and huge and like it's really well known so then um there was another one that happened oh sorry it was the same one and apparently the ships then began to follow the people in the towns and it seemed to like stop in front of them and observe them observe them and they would send a beam of light down onto the people which apparently caused like superficial injuries and stinging and the weirdest thing is when they went to the doctor for this all, all of the people who claimed to be like touched by this light were then diagnosed with a really rare form of anemia. They were <laughs> sucking the iron out of them. It's like, I don't know what they were doing, but they didn't have anemia before. They saw the UFO and then they had anemia. It's so freaky. So then like there was a, a guy like 20 years later. So in the 90s, there was this like admiral, admiral like kind of Brazilian military guy. They had like ships basically 
based off the coast uh, that they were on like submarines that they were kind of like trying to figure out what the fuck was going on because there was like an actual operation it was called like Operation Plate or something and they've taken loads of films they've taken loads of uh, pictures of this they're all on file uh, somewhere in Brazil (laughs) who knows where but he says that one night when he was out on the ship he saw a huge UFO that was like 100 feet high like all the way in the distance like hovering over the ocean and then a little door opened and a being came came out of it dressed in silver and like, it levitated over towards him on the boat stopped like a couple of meters in front of him and just stared at him and then like whizzed off and then the whole thing disappeared and this is like right before he died or some shit he said this stuff and I it's would always be like, before they die I feel like what did I do wrong <laughs> I know, I'm like, why aren't you taking <laughs> he, me with you he, he levitates out he looks at him he goes mid and then he goes back <laughs> to the spaceship <laughs> I know but I'm like come on Brazil like, give us the tea. Well, what's just so crazy is that all of these people are written off as crazy. But we have had UFO sightings so many places from so many people. And mm-hmm. the thing is now we're starting to get footage of it and people still complain, right? They're like, it's always filmed on a potato. But now we have the actual government, even the yeah. U.S. government, releasing footage that has been found. And we have different army pilots and folks in the Navy who are coming through. So I'll be posting all of these videos up on Instagram this week when this is released. But the spaceships or sorry, UFOs, USOs, whatever, some of them look like Tic Tacs. Some of them mm-hmm. look like, you know, classic UFO flying saucer shape. Some of them look like upside down pyramids that travel in a triangular formation, like mm-hmm. fuck me up. And some of them up, are up to 40 feet long, and like, which is insane. The thing that always convinces me about when I start to think of USOs, right, is that one thing that always kind of confused me about like UFO sightings would be just like, why are they so interested in us? Like, and also, you know, if we've got all these different types of allegedly different types of aliens and different types of uh, ships, in my mind, I would be like, okay, they're from different areas or different planetary systems. <laughs> That's what I think. Too. Like, I just can't, I'm like, so they're the diamonds, they're the Tic Tacs, yes. like, <laughs> I'm like, I already, Gemini cabin yeah. and you know this one is the Myers-Briggs crew and they're this one is a you know yeah they're ENPFs yes. um, <laughs> clearly they're organized yeah, exactly so but you know and I'd always be like well, what like would it not take them I know they're meant to have better technology but it's obviously such a big you know excursion for them to come coming all the way out to our silly little planet but then I started to think of like underwater bases and I'm like mm-hmm. oh Maybe they just have people, like, you know, the way different militaries have different bases all around the world, like there'd be like an American base here and like a Russian Mm -hmm. base there or whatever the hell, you know, so I'm like, oh, well, they clearly just have bases maybe under the water where like they've had people, people, aliens or species like here forever or people are, they're coming and going on leave. Like maybe we're just seeing them going on vacation, like they're going back to their family for a few light years. They're like, oh, finally, I'm off, I'm off base (laughs) and we're like seeing it. So that to me is more convincing that I'm like, oh, they're just kind of based here somewhere. They're not like constantly coming in and out. They're they're observing something within our world. They're observing us and what we're doing and keeping yeah. an eye on us for some reason. Well, we have, I mean, we have exact proof. We have proof mm-hmm. now of videos of pilots seeing this, Navy pilots, and they've said, quote, every day 
for at least a couple of years, they saw a UFO sighting. And I just can't believe this has been under wraps for so long. And they are admitting that they go in and out of the water. So what would be the purpose? And I think it was the, there was another incident in Russia where they were admitting there was a Russian submarine in the South Pacific. They were 260 meters basically down in the water. And they saw what looked like an alien formation of spacecraft. There was six of them traveling towards them in formation in the shape of diamonds, or sorry, triangles or pyramids. The triangle guys. The triangle guys, (laughs) that, that crew. And their speed was over 265 miles per hour. And they were like, this is insane. So when the submarine slowed down, so did the six crafts. And then the captain ordered an emergency surfacing because they thought they were going to get attacked. And through the periscope, they said that they saw the six crafts still in formation come out of the water and fly away. And this is the government saying it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you can't call it a conspiracy theory anymore. Mm -hmm. The government's now talking about it and admitting it. So, like, we need to be talking about this stuff like it's – just news to be talked about. Mm -hmm. Even, like, all of these army people are admitting. They're like, yeah, if I – you know, I'll tell you over beers that I saw this, but like if there wasn't anyone else on the ship or with the plane with me, I wouldn't say anything because I would sound insane. So I am very excited to talk about our partner for this podcast, Athletic Greens. So I've been wanting to take AG1 for a while now, mainly mainly because I think anyone who's drinking something that's green is cool. Any like liquid that isn't, you know, clear, I just think that there's something like fascinating about it. So I have been lusting after Athletic Greens for a long time. So Every day this week, I've been taking AG1. What it works is you take one scoop of uh, their powder and you put it in water and you shake it up and drink it. And it has this kind of like tropical citrusy taste. Um, And for me, why I really like it is that I used to take vitamins every day in the morning probiotics, you want to do like cranberry pills, you want to do stuff for um, your focus. I felt like I was geriatric. I was taking like 12 different pills every day and it took a while to swallow them all. So I really like Athletic Greens because it's just a great way to start your day with a drink rather than a million and a half vitamins. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash fluentlyforward. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash fluentlyforward. And you too can take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, like even that Richard Bird guy, like after he found allegedly all this crazy stuff in the North Pole, like apparently he went back to the American government and like tried to tell them and they basically said like, we already know and they silenced him and basically and told him like to shut the fuck up forever because, you know, he's not allowed like talk about this information that he's found. So yeah, it, it's like, I, I always am just like, how long have they known? That's what really creeps me out. Like, I mean, like, was it just Roswell or is this some sort of like secret you're let you're you're told about at some point because even apparently um and I know we're going to talk about Ghislaine our good girl Ghislaine mm-hmm. in a little bit but so that guy Richard Bird apparently uh John D Rockefeller was one of his biggest uh financial aides so mm. for me I always like to follow the money like I'm like what are billionaires interested in 
why would they have interest in that and why are they why are they funding it like why is there's children there's hot children I know, the there's no, little sexy kids <laughs> so either that or it's about preserving their like money right it's one or the mm. other so yeah or, or their life or their riches or something like you know you've got elon musk who is putting so much money into spacex they've mm. all the other billionaires are like interested in like freezing their bodies or they're interested in eugenics or they're interested in like funding exploration and you know space exploration or under the seas exploration so it's you know anywhere that their money is touching i'm going to be skeptical about what is in it for them um yeah. because like I do think that their their motives can only be nefarious if I'm honest oh a hundred percent but it's also the type of thing too where like so James Cameron we mentioned that he you know shit tons of money he went down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench Mm -hmm. and what was really interesting is that like he made his they call the area that he went to Challenger Deep it's like this deep part which I will say they did a good job on the naming like they named these things really like badass things they do yeah And he was talking about how he felt, he says, quote, I felt like I literally in the space of one day have gone to another planet and come back. But what I thought was like really interesting was that the descent took two hours, 36 minutes, and he tweeted at the time, just arrived at the ocean's deepest PT point or whatever part. Mm. Hitting bottom never felt so good. And I'm calling bullshit on that. Like, I was just in New Hampshire the other weekend, and I couldn't get connection. But at the bottom of the Mariana Trench or whatever, you can. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's so much shit that these people do where I just feel like not even as a conspiracy theorist, just as, like, even a six-year-old with a brain would be like, that doesn't make sense. Or even everything with Antarctica. It's like, yeah, let's explore all of our world. You can't explore this part. Well, why not? Like, it's just a simple question. Why can't we explore Antarctica? Why can't we fly over this? You're not giving me a reason. You're just saying no. It's like when your parents say you can't have a sleepover and you're like, well, why not? And they're like, because I said so. And it's like, but what's the reason? You know? Yeah, you're not my real dad. Like, exactly. stop it. But also, you know, you're so right, though. It's like, how are you tweeting that? Because, like, genuinely, like, the room I record this podcast in doesn't get Wi-Fi sometimes. And it's in my fucking apartment. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Why? Is this the Wi-Fi? It's like, no, sorry, we can't go through the wooden door. And I'm like, you're telling me you're down tweeting and the little Titanic mobile that you made or something? Like, I don't get in it. In the trench, like, Yeah. Which is insane. And then also, too, when they're like, we found a plastic bag down here, and then they go, we're going to research on it later, but, yeah, it's like a candy wrapper. I'm like, show us. If you grabbed it, show us the candy wrapper. It's just all of these little things where it's like, I'm not even trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but these are like very simple questions that just aren't being answered. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So should we get into the Ghislaine Maxwell of it all? I would have thought that this... I know. Well, I always say I can always, I truly can. And it actually annoys me when I do it. I can always bring it back to Ghislaine and Epstein. (laughs) Like anything you bring up, like someone's talking to me about Love Island and I'm like, well, did you know? What about a molestation (laughs) island? (laughs) Seriously, I'm like, island? Okay, let's go. Like little St. James, you know? We could do a... Could we do an association? Could we each give each other one random word and you have three... (laughs) tries to try to get it to Jeffrey or Ghislaine. <laughs> oh my God, I'm under pressure now. I'm like, what word? I don't know any words okay, anymore. I'm going to give you okay. apple. An apple. 
Oh, well, I mean, immediately I go to like forbidden fruit. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's one. There you go. Forbidden fruit, Eve. I'm like Jeffrey and Ghislaine, little Adam and Eve, the forbidden Boom. fruit. You know, she was she the evil woman who lured him in, you know, or was he the mastermind behind it all? I don't know. I've I would listen to that podcast it. episode. I know I should do it. <laughs> but I think people are like, please, please stop. <laughs> Please stop He's it, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, but you can genuinely always link it back. But I think a lot of people don't know about her fascination with the ocean. Like it, it, you know, was definitely swept under the rug. Like, mm-hmm. I, and it's and it sounds boring on paper, but when you really start to look into it, and as I said, follow the money. Like, why would a billionaire's daughter who is friends and you know procuring? children for the a really rich and powerful man why does she have such an interest in the ocean why does she want to explore it so much and why did she have didn't she have like a passport for this place called Terramar or something like- yeah so she she created this nonprofit organization called the Terramar project mm-hmm. and it died the same day Epstein did which is just mm. like that tells you literally everything you need to know so it was founded in the US by Ghislaine Maxwell in 2012 a sister organization was made in the UK in the next year after in 2013 and it announced that it was closing July 12 2019 and it was this insanely bullshit nonprofit organization where she would speak about it. She was speaking at a council of foreign relations, all of these things. And according to tax filings from 2013 to 2017, the organization gave out no money in grants. So it was this nonprofit organization that was billing for all of this work that was being done and collecting money, but it didn't do jack shit. Mm. So they there, there was like one thing that they did. <laughs> they helped organize the March for the Ocean in Washington D.C. That was it's like always a, campaign. a march. I know, like, <laughs> it's which, always like, a march. <laughs> what the fuck? And then they did a partnership with a luxury bedding company on a collection of water-inspired sheets, pillowcases, and comforters. So like that's all the Terramara project really did. Merch. She has like no experience as an activist. Her only method, the reason she loved the no ocean shit. Was so much <laughs> no was shit. because She's of no yachts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, people are like, can you believe she's not an activist? Like, strangely enough, Ghislaine Maxwell was not an activist. Like, yeah. what? Now she's cancelled. You're QAnon. It's not true. <laughs> so she said that through boating, she got her inspiration for the foundation, which is just, like, so fucking insane. She's like, oh, I love the yacht. Like, I love the, being the out in the ocean with Daddy on Lady Ghislaine. Like, oh, Lady. of course you do. So messed up. And she had this weird, sick fascination with yachts where there was this one person Craig Tafofa or whatever, who was a captain of one of Les Wexner's yachts. And apparently Ghislaine was like so bricked up to get on this yacht. He says, quote, Ghislaine would always call me and say, I'm coming down to use the boat with some friends. And I would always tell her, I have to call the owner. I can't just let you on the boat. And she would never show up. She did that half a dozen times. And in talking to a guy for worked for him, he said she does that all the time. She does it when she's in front of her friends and she wants to brag that she can go use someone's yacht. And apparently this lady was just obsessed with trying to get on yachts. I like mean, not even to use me. them, just to like be on them. Yeah. She just liked being on the ocean. Like, I mean, but it, to me it always like, 
the ocean thing always, I, I, okay I said earlier I can bring back everything to Jeffrey Epstein I can also <laughs> bring back everything to Scientology and mm. obviously famously it, well I don't know if it's famously or just to me but L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard when he started Scientology he started on this like fleet of boats and he would like sail the world on these boats and like training people in Scientology and to me it always gives me the vibe of and again this is my theory but I have read it in a few Reddit comments as well so there are people <laughs> who share my theory um, but like it's like you know you always hear there's no laws on the ocean you, there's yeah. no you're like in the middle like I don't know if you've ever looked into the amount of people who've been murdered on cruise ships and it's really or like have gone missing while on cruise ships and it's really hard to um, investigate because there was one case and I can't remember the person's name but this girl basically disappeared on a cruise ship, completely disappeared. And it happened, I think, in the Caribbean. But she was a US uh, citizen, but like they couldn't, it was really hard to get like different police forces in because you're in the middle of the ocean, there's no police force. And you're. Yeah. it's not about like what country you're closest to. There's all this re- weird loopholes and red tape over like how to get it investigated. And, you know, they always say that like the perfect place to murder someone would be on a cruise ship because like, A, it's really easy, just like, well nudge them off board or like there's also like it's very hard to you're never going to find the body you're in the middle of an ocean there's no police by the time they can actually get a search force out there you're gone and like there's no murder weapon but like that's what it it, it makes me think of like L. Ron Hubbard why did he have all these people out in the middle of the ocean because he was well A probably uh, avoiding a lot of tax Uh, he didn't have to pay tax because he wasn't living in like a country with a tax system he was taking Mm -hmm. money from people but then also when I think of like Ghislaine and I think of her you know having like basically trafficking children you know, the island was protected to an extent because it was a private island, but were they making some sort of like future plan for when they couldn't have that island anymore? Like, did they want some sort of like, you know, place? Because wasn't this Terramar place? I believe she she actually made it like a a country or something and you could get like passports or she, that was one of her goals. Like she wanted to make it like a territory. Um, so I'm like, were they looking to have some sort of place in the middle of the ocean that wasn't going to have any governance or laws where they could basically do whatever they want and it was going to be funded through this activist organization that's yes. you know on the surface all about like saving the ocean when they're all they do is basically make merch and, and do go to marches <laughs> and organize a march like well yeah. done lady galane but it, it always creeps me out like that that's when when it, the billionaires are interested in the ocean to me the first thing that comes to mind is like they're avoiding something like offshore accounts laws whatever it is uh you can really go down the rabbit hole there and trust me i have <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely. Totally. And it's also one of those weird things where maybe it was because Ghislaine was so well connected, but the Clinton Global Initiative formed a commitment to action with Terramar in 2014, which is like, now you have the Clintons involved when your organization is like literally doing nothing. There's also like a lot of weird stuff about the Clinton Foundation and how Mm. they basically funded Chelsea Clinton's wedding and things like that. But it's just this like really weird shit. Also, apparently Ghislaine Maxwell knew how to pilot submarines. (laughs) Well, Which I do like, believe they, they do teach that in a private school, whatever private school <laughs> she went to. It's like, you know, that and skiing. 
they're two huge things you can take. They're like, would you like to take the submarine or the skiing lessons? And she's like, Daddy, the submarine. I want to go out and Lady Ghislaine with you and bomb whatever the hell he wanted to bomb. Like, who knows? Like, he wasn't he a spy for, like... Mossad, a lot of people think that, yeah. And the Russians or something. Like, at one point, he was a spy for both sides. Like, really weird shit. He was a dark, dark man. Just, like, insane stuff. So, yes, so she knew how to pilot subs and she began deep-sea diving. And then she said that she discovered all of this human-made debris all over the ocean. Ocean floor, and she was like, "We just we gotta start, you know what's going on." Um, and then this one's this is really funny. Four people remember Ghislaine Maxwell talking of journeying to the center of the Pacific Ocean in an attempt to find, she said, Amelia Earhart's plane and body. And Ghislaine Maxwell is obviously evil, but I got to say that's like a pretty metal as fuck mission. Like that would make for a great HBO movie. Like <laughs> I would watch it. Like, right? Honestly. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with Amelia Earhart. I used yeah. to wear like um, swimming goggles and be like, I'm Amelia Earhart in her plane. <laughs> And then this is the craziest thing, the last thing about the Terramar project. So the tax returns of the project, once again, between 2013 and 2017, shows that the organization received $196,000 in public support, but they paid out in expenses more than $600,000. So they said that the organization was doing all of this. They filed for accountants and lawyers, all of these billion hours. And it's like, why are you using all of these lawyers and accountants if you're not doing anything for the organization? Mm-hmm. So like nonprofits, like to have your, you know, it, it, profit be in the negatives for so years because you're spending so much, but you're not raising anything. And the amount that you're spending isn't going to a single grant. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, there's nothing good that comes from Terramar. Like, it's on, on the very best case, it was, like, tax avoidance. And the very worst, yeah. it was something so dark and seedy that we'll probably never find out. Because I'm pretty sure, and I can't remember where I read this. Again, sometimes there's too many sightings in my mind. I'm like, oh, there's too <laughs> many documentaries that I've watched. I can't remember which one's which. But I'm pretty sure, like, I think it came up in the Ghislaine's trial. It was something to do with... Uh, they were trying to prove that she did have interactions with Epstein after she claimed to, because she claimed like they broke up and they never spoke again, basically. But they found like yeah. they found like checks from him. Like, I think it was like two fifty grand checks or something like that when she was setting up Terramar, and that was in like like it was after that anyway. So it was like he mm-hmm. had he had involvement in it. So. For him, there had to be something in it for him, for him to be giving her money for it, right? Because historically, that's the only reason he gave her money, really, was either, like, for procurement for girls or access to wealthy people or access to whatever she could arrange for him that he could profit from. So, you know, it's just creepy. I don't know what she was doing there, but I kind of want her to make that documentary about her doing the Amelia Earhart thing. Like, (laughs) I think James Cameron would be in on it. He'd be going alongside her in his little... He he arrives at Terramar and he's like, can you... There's Starburst wrappers everywhere (laughs) here. We gotta clean it up. I'm gonna tweet about this. I'm like, what is this? Like, human debris. It's like, he's finding all the sweet wrappers. She's finding, I don't know, plastic bags. It's like the great conspiracy of the the messy underwater aliens who believe in littering. (laughs) She's just so fascinating. You wish, like, going back to the Lake Baikal incident in Siberia, it's like, if any... If aliens are gonna blow anyone out of the water, you wish it would have been Ghislaine and her sub. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just like oh this Burst is her they're just it. like let's just avoid her we're just we're not getting into that mess like <laughs> yeah 
So, I mean, and sadly, I don't think we're ever going to find out anything about Terramore. No. I mean, she's in jail. She was moved to a facility, I, I think, in Florida. A low-security so, one, right? Low-security where they offer classes such as yoga, pottery. It sounds... You know, if you're going to stay somewhere for the next 30 to 50 years, it sounds like a pretty nice place to live or a place that's very relaxed and maybe she will die. Yeah, I th- uh, my prediction for Galen is that I think she is going to probably be in jail for like, f- how old is she? She's 60, right? She turned 60 during her trial. I'd say she'll be in there for like five years and then they're going to try and get her probably taken out and under house arrest for like some sort of like health reason like they'll probably fake some sort of like she has alzheimer's and it's all through the trauma of the case and because there's all these like articles coming out that her lawyers are saying she's like you know her mental health i mean i'm sure her mental health has been through the ringer but like you know obviously but like you know there's a lot of no, uh, news is news coming out that like she's suffering this way and she's found it very hard in jail it's like duh that's the point like, <laughs> like, it's not a picnic in your backyard she's you know like what I mean? where is the ocean and the yachts like she's like trying to get on everyone's <laughs> yacht and <laughs> she's but like it's fascinating too i just think the psychology of someone who probably from childhood has been this completely privileged narcissist mm. who's able to escape and avoid every single basically there's no rules for you you do anything wrong time and time again you've seen in your life how you can get out of it mm-hmm. to be in jail it must just be messing with her head so much it makes me delighted yeah I, I wonder like she must have so much resentment towards Epstein I'd say because I think she she will think like it should have been you you know she probably thinks yes. she's only has been arrested and convicted because he killed himself I'm using air quotes um yeah. so I think that that like she'll just have that like bear that resentment for him and she she's the type that like truly has so much cognitive dissonance I don't think she thinks she's done anything wrong because a mm-hmm. she grew up in such a weird fucked up world and like her dad was probably getting to do her to do some really fucked up shit as well she's been involved in it for ages her father was such an abusive narcissist um but also because She's just like a raging, like, I don't know, BPD, narcissist. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but there's obviously something like psychologically so wrong with her that she does not feel like she has done anything wrong. It's wild. Like, I don't think it's just like her lawyer's like uh, motive to be like, you know, she's a scapegoat. Well, I, I think it would I think be, she thinks that. I think she really yeah, thinks that. I, th- I think it would be um, psychopathy yes, or whatever, a yes, sociopath. Because yes. I think people with BBD, BPD would feel intense guilt and shame yeah, and kind of okay. all of those emotions at a high level. And the narcissist, I think, is a subset because I think narcissists, like, if you are a sociopath, you are definitely a narcissist. But if you're a narcissist, you don't always yeah. be a sociopath. Yeah. And sociopaths are the ones who literally do not feel guilt or remorse. Yeah, no empathy. Which is just like insane to me because someone bumps into me at the grocery store and I'm like, it could have been my fault. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's It's absolutely insane yeah so as we wrap up here and we'll have to have you back for like so many more of these episodes (laughs) because it's just like anytime I start talking about conspiracy theories I'm just like I want to do it for the next three hours (laughs) but what would be your prediction for the next couple of years do you think we're going to start getting that propaganda that aliens are evil do you think people are going to continue to not really talk about it even though the government's putting out news yeah look I've been skeptical over the whole uh, disclosure uh, since they've got Tom DeLong involved like I do think that they I mean he is pretty much said if anyone doesn't know he was uh, in Blink 182 and now he's like the head of this uh, I think it's called like committee or something committee it's called like something 
Star Enterprise, like something really weird name. But he's basically talking about like these genuine uh, instances of UFOs that the American government are willing to disclose and say are real. And I do think, and he's pretty much said that he is kind of being used as a vessel for that because he's a celebrity. So um, mm. they're using him as like a trusted voice, even though it's like lol, the one celebrity you find us in Blink-182. Like that's so <laughs> random. Like that's so it's random. It's like when they try to find a Republican celebrity and they're like, he's kind of a celebrity because like there's no one left or whatever. Yeah. He's like going to say it. Yeah. yeah. So they got Tom DeLonge involved. Who would have thought it? But you know, that has always made me skeptical because I'm like, Anything they willingly put out that they've been hiding for so long, I always think there's a bit of a motive behind it. I do think, like, if anyone's looking for information on that kind of stuff, do watch some of Stephen Greer's stuff. I'm not saying I believe in all his shtick, but it's very, it's an interesting theory. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I think we're going to start, I mean, we have, we have, we've gotten a lot of disclosure, alleged disclosure over the past few uh, years, like the Tic Tac video, like they've pretty much said, like, we don't know what the fuck that is. Um, but I, I wonder, are they just going to give us little bite-sized pieces that will satiate us where you know the reality of what they know might be way more intense for us but yeah I I think I think they'll keep giving us disclosures but I don't think we're ever gonna get it's like Epstein (laughs) oh there we go again Uh, I don't think we're ever (laughs) it's like a tick at this point but it's like Epstein is like yeah they'll tell us like yes uh, Ghislaine's away he's dead little St. James we know that that's where it happened and that's it we're drawing the line under it and you know you know the truth now and I'm like "Mm, no we don't we know the tip of the iceberg and we're not allowed to go to Antarctica to find the rest of the iceberg and we will never know it's first it exactly drives me insane when I think about it but here we go it's insane and you know it's really infuriating but it and it I hear you. It's the type of thing where, like, you sound like a complete nut job (laughs) if you just talk about um, stories that people have said or word of mouth. But then when the government releases information about it, it kind of legitimizes the issue. But also at the same time, when has the government ever been like, I'm doing this just because it's nice? Do you know what I mean? Like, literally, that's never happened before. Um, But I just think it's a really fascinating fact. And I will say the government hasn't said that these UFOs and these USOs are alien or extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. I think they were at first wondering, is there some country that secretly has the most insane technology Mm -hmm. and these unidentified crafts that we're seeing is really Russia or China who's like secretly ramped it into high gear. But I'm pretty sure they declassified it because every single country said we don't know what this is. So we can't claim it as ours. So there is this small chance that one country has that technology. But, like, that technology is light years ahead of us. Like, there's no craft that comes close to being a fraction as fast, quick-moving, able to go up and down you know, uh, the totally, pressure yeah. in the atmosphere, it doesn't even affect it. Well, so like, it, it has to be extraterrestrial. So, for example, there's a guy called Bob Lazar. I don't know if you've heard of him. And yes. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I love him. But, like, you know, even if you think of it in that case where you're like, oh, it's a country who has this incredible technology, if you believed what Bob Lazar said, you would think, you would know that um, allegedly a lot of uh, military operations from, uh, he says US, and I'm sure from other countries with a lot of money, are reverse engineering from UFOs that they've found so it doesn't necessarily negate the fact that ufos are alien craft it could be another country but where do they get that information and um, because that's not widely available information so they could be reverse engineering from different 
pieces of technology that they have found in their country from UFOs that have crashed or whatever else. So, and they could be test flying it, yeah, but where do they get that? And why aren't we seeing those? You know, if that information is out there, it's like the moon landing thing. Like, they're like, oh, oh, we forgot how to do it. You know, if you can make this incredible uh, piece of uh, engineering like this plane that can change direction all that kind of stuff why are you keeping it secret you're keeping it secret because you probably can't explain how you came to that uh, end point right because it's like yeah. hold on like we've got the Boeings that can barely take off the ground and you've got this thing that's like zip 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 <laughs> like shaped like a tic tac like and it takes me like six hours to get to New York from Dublin like what the hell so yeah. you know it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the UFOs don't exist it could just mean that they have much more contact with them than we think so, and I, I wish that was true, and I wish that's where the money was going. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, maybe it is. I mean, obviously, I understand why. They, I think COVID was a pretty big exa- example of you tell the public that some like that a pandemic is happening, and you watch as like everyone turns into the worst mm-hmm. version of themselves and thinks all of these crazy things. You know, from every single direction, I've seen the most insane stuff from everyone oh, hell about yeah. COVID. 100%. So like, you know, how do you think we would react to aliens? But if I knew that our tax dollars were going to reverse engineer fallen UFOs and stuff, I'd be like very happily being like, all right, 30% of this podcast straight to that fund, you know, know, instead of being bitter that it's going away. You would, but then you're like, what What are they going to use that for? And is that going to be for, again, if you think of what Stephen Greer believes, that we are the volatile ones, mm-hmm. like maybe we're using, we're not, I wouldn't have much faith in military operations for using that technology for good, I would presume they're going to use it to, uh, I don't know, drone more countries in the Middle East. You know, they're not going to be like, 100%. let's like fly iPads around the world with this incredible yeah. Tic Tac. It's going to be like, ooh, we can like put Tic Tacs in the Middle East now. Like, woohoo, guys. Like, let's go. Yeah. You're going to go there in like half an hour instead of like whatever, how many hours it takes. Like, good God. Like, they're just one note, you know? They're like, hmm, how can we use this for war? <laughs> yeah. And that topic, I would love to have you back sometime to talk about this topic that I've just always been interested in. And when you bring up concepts like that, it really makes me think about it, which is I think that people, I'm going to sound like such a fucking loony bin right now, but whatever. Don't worry. I, I think, think I've lowered the bar. <laughs> just two nutters talking to each other but I do think that people try to kind of dampen women's natural gifts I think that women are very intuitive creatures very empathetic I almost think that some women have almost like psychic like abilities with how intuitive that they are and caring and how they can pick up on these subtle nuances and I feel like men being in power, I think that people try and society does. I mean, we see it all the time with advertisements, keep women focused on being skinny and looking pretty. And that's what you're supposed to focus on. Because I think if we focused instead on other gifts, like women would really be a powerful force. I just think of the world if women were in charge rather than men. Mm -hmm. And if we found a UFO spacecraft, we'd probably be like, how can this connect us all to each other more? And like thinking about it for that way, like my first instinct is never let's bomb a country or get more power. I'm not really interested in power. So I do wonder what it would be like if society were, you know, was run by women. Yeah, or maybe even more in tune with like the likes of with like a feminine energy, you know, or like mm-hmm. that kind of like things that you would more so consider to be, you know, stereotypically feminine because, you know, we do have Hillary Clinton who did like, you know, pretty much start the Arab <laughs> Spring. So like she really she really did go there. She was like 
war. <laughs> but you know, if you look That's at a much better way to think, yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell yeah, is like but if feminine you think energy. Of it, those are women who are very much would be considered to be, you know, in tune with their masculine side or that kind of uh, part yeah. of the brain. Whereas, you know, they, they're not in tune with empathy whatsoever. But that is kind of what Stephen Greer does talk about, which I find an interesting concept that he's saying that these uh, extraterrestrial beings or societies, like they are from a way more highly evolved place than us, where he even says like they don't even communicate with words they all communicate telepathically when when you think of mm. psychicness or that kind of telekinesis that that they are all things that are would be typically kind of associated with the feminine and that kind of empathetic and psychic ability so you know it's 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 kind of like an evolution but i do feel like you know that we are on that lower level because we are always thinking about what are we going to, you know, when we get technology, it's always used for the negative. It's never used to um, unite the world. It's always used to just like polarize different countries and make people think that each other are each other's enemies. And really where has that got us? Absolutely nowhere. Like we went to the moon and we lost the, we lost the fucking (laughs) equation because we were too uh, distracted with what the Russians were doing. Like, and here we are yeah. again, whatever, 50 years later, we're still completely obsessed with what other little humans are doing in their little country rather than like, you know, unite the world, guys. <laughs> I know. Well, here we are. We have a good uh, Irish-US connection right now. I so. know, yeah. As Together, always. there could be dozens of us. <laughs> I'll come over to, to you guys and uh, I'll come over to you, Shannon, in um, St. Patrick's Day next year with my bunch of <laughs> shamrocks, like the way like our <laughs> our prime minister goes over to the... <laughs> to the US president every year. I'll come over on the 4th of July with like a bag of McDonald's. I'll be like my peace offering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And real quick, before I have you go, just plug a little bit of your Patreon because I love oh, the content well, that you have you. over there. Yeah. So as I said, it is yeah. a weekly rabbit hole. Everything kind of from like internet culture, conspiracies, true crime. Uh, as I said, I've done like episodes all about the weirdest sides of Reddit, which are really great. I've started a series also on American dynasties. So I did episodes on the DuPonts, the Rockefellers. I've done a deep dive on the Illuminati, which was really interesting actually because I actually found uh, some conflicting you know, conflicting evidence and where we, why we actually believe that the Illuminati are the bad guys comes from like this book in the 60s written by these two like basically edgelords. It's really fucking interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean like <laughs> you think of a conspiracy, I've probably done an episode on it and if I haven't, it's on the list to do and I'll have to get you on my podcast as well to do another one of our conspiracy episodes because you're one of, you're one of my I favorite people it, to yeah. talk to this about because you're as willing. You, I don't feel crazy talking about these things because you know you have the same notes as me so it you know it's I'm like oh thank god because sometimes I'm, I go a little bit too far oh, with yeah. people and they're like <laughs> no we're both definitely on the same government watch list yeah. so if we end up in a jail cell together hopefully it's like you know adjacent neighboring with jail cells. and we can finally ask her we'll be in the yeah the we'll yoga together we'll like, so talk to me about Terramar. <laughs> yeah I too like the ocean. <laughs> Just casually bringing it up in conversation with her. <laughs> I love I love my dad's yacht. <laughs> something yeah, something about the Lady Shannon. I always loved sailing it as a child. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the River Shannon in Ireland. God, she'd love you. She'd be like, ooh. <laughs> there we go. It'll happen. All right. Thank you for coming on. And uh until the next one, we'll have to have you back. Definitely. But thank you, Jenny, from Red Room. Thanks so much for having me.
All right. Huge, huge thank you to Jenny for coming and for staying a little bit longer than the hour, which was fun because I could talk about conspiracy theories freaking forever. So that was very fun for me. And thank you to you for listening to this and indulging me. I know that I kind of sold you on the podcast with the idea of celebrity blinds and obviously we'll keep doing that, but I'm just, you know, what can I say? I like to wake up in the morning, drink some coffee and read some conspiracy threads about the ocean because I just think it's so fun. Now, something that I will not be covering, but something that I find equally interesting is true crime. I don't really cover it that much, but I'm always fascinated by the stories. And I want to shout out a new podcast. It's called Hoax, and it's also on the Cake Media Podcast Network, just like Fluently Forward. And it covers the Sherry Papini story. And if you haven't heard of her, she is the real life gone girl. She's just this, you know, pretty attractive blonde woman one man who went out for a run one morning and disappeared and nobody could find her. And she came back and claimed all of these claims, very similar to Gone Girl. And then it came out that she was lying and faking the entire situation, which is just, I mean, truth is really stranger than fiction when stuff like this actually happens in real life. I'm also fascinated by like rich, attractive suburban women just doing absolutely crazy and unhinged things. So feel free to check out that podcast also on the Cake Media Network. I love Cake Media, you know I do. And I will give you a fun little prep for next week's episode. I don't know if anyone else has watched the Hulu documentary series called Angels and Demons. And it's all about the Victoria's Secret brand and Les Wexner, the guy who created the limited and everything underneath it, which would include Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, obviously the limited and, you know, just so much more. He was basically this loaded billionaire. And we all know that Victoria's Secret has had such an issue with brand and their idea that beauty has to be this completely limited idea of just like the thinnest supermodels ever. And that's beautiful. So their brand has tanked. And this documentary went into what created the Victoria's Secret brand, who Les was, and how he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein and all of the abuse that these models went through. So I'm excited to say that next week is going to be a juicy, juicy solo episode. And we are going to be going into the blind items of Les Wexner and also the blind items of the Victoria's Secret angels. I'm talking yachting. I'm talking cheating. I'm talking crazy amounts of money, changing hands. It's going to be really fun. So if you're looking for something to do over the next week before the next episode, go and check out the Angels and Demons documentary on Hulu. It's just really fascinating stuff, and I'm excited to do more of a deep dive on it. All right. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with me this week too, as I have lost my voice, AKA the moneymaker. So we're a little bit froggy, um, but I appreciate you listening as always. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys next week. Bye.